0: Patrina wisdom is an abundance strategist who believes that money is goddess in action. And she invites us to create from a place of abundance. She is the host and founder of pure abundance retreats. And she has hosted these retreats in scenic destinations, such as Belize, Egypt, Mexico, and now Seychelles. She shared that it was a retreat in Bali that saved her life. Why would she need to save her life? You may ask. Well, Patrina is also a TEDx speaker. She wowed audiences in 2014 when she used poetry to deliver her victim to Victor talk about how she was determined to be a Victor after her husband and love of her life committed suicide in 2009 on the very same day. She learned she was pregnant with her fourth child, but Patrina is a Victor. Remember? She is a longtime entrepreneur, the host of the Living Room Wisdom podcast, and the author of two books. That's right, two books. One of them is Motherhood's Not for Punks, and I agree with her hundred percent. And her newest book that she co-wrote with other women that's due out today, January eleventh. That's right, today. And that book is Anatomy of Abundance, a holistic guide to creating prosperity in all aspects of life. During this episode of the Age Has No Limit podcast, you will learn about her early life, why she considers herself a master of recreation, why she decided to deliver her TED Talk with a focus on victorhood, and why she decided to start hosting retreats that empower women for mind, body, and soul abundance, and about her new groundbreaking book, Anatomy of Abundance, a holistic guide to creating prosperity in all aspects of life. I should mention that all proceeds from the book will benefit Shine Organization, a nonprofit that supports sex trafficking survivors. I found this episode inspiring and eye opening, and I have to say that when she broke down how we can and should embrace both our creative and practical selves, that really hit home for me. Take a listen to Patrina, and don't forget to order the Anatomy of Abundance book from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Goodreads from the links we provide in the episode summary below. You will definitely enjoy this episode of the Age Has No Limit podcast. It's the Age Has No Limit podcast. We're here to show and prove that your age shouldn't prevent you from designing and living the life you want. I'm your host Patrice Davis. Let's get started. So I'm joined by Petrina Wisdom. Um, You are the host and founder of Pure Abundance Retreat that you host in some really cool places, Belize, Egypt, Mexico, and now Seychelles. Please tell the audience what inspired you to start hosting the retreats.
1: Wow, yeah. So these retreats for me, um, I feel like they're kind of my life purpose because it was healing retreats that actually saved my life after the passing of my husband to suicide in 2009 and finding out I was pregnant with my fourth child the same day. So what I find tends to happen is that as women, we get so caught up in being the nurturers, being the supporters, you know, the wife, the mom, and taking care of everybody else that we don't really take the best care of ourselves unless it's very intentional. And so when my husband passed, I was one of these women who, while I was very much immersed in my family, I always kept a sense of self. I still was an entrepreneur. I still took girls trips and traveled. However, even though I thought I was so grounded and so strong within myself and so independent and interdependent at the same time, my husband's passing completely rocked my world. This was the love of my life, my best friend, my lover, the father to my children, and probably for about a year and a half after his passing, I just went into like survival mode. I clicked into automatic and never took time to actually acknowledge my own pain, let alone heal through it. Mm -hmm. So it was about a year and a half of just being in automatic, taking care of everybody and everything that I woke up one morning and realized that I was essentially just killing myself right by denying myself i was killing myself and so there was an opportunity for me to take a trip to bali Mm -hmm. on a retreat with someone who had shown up in my life as one of my what i call earth angels i had three earth angels that really helped bring me back to life i say and during that retreat for one i had a newborn right so i find out i'm pregnant the same day my husband passes I have to go through the entire pregnancy. And then I needed to get to the point with breastfeeding where I could leave him with family to go on this trip. So literally this was the very first time I was able to be alone, be with myself and commune with spirit. And so through that experience, I knew that I wanted to create containers where other women can just exhale and really listen Right. Just listen, listen to themselves, listen to spirit and get clarity on the direction they want to intend for their lives.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. So um, as I was preparing, I, of course, um, le- I first learned about you after watching your TED Talk, which you did in a brilliant, well, I don't want to say did it, but you you shared in a, in a brilliant way. You used poetry. You used um, almost, I, I don't want to, you know, and I, I don't want to describe it in the, in, in the correct way, but you shared a really traumatic experience in a way that was poetic. That was uh, theatrical almost, but also yeah. still got the point across and it really, really um, is resonant, you know, um, resonates. Um, uh, I think if persons really listening to what you're saying, you know, they can certainly understand what you're trying to communicate. So thank you for providing that clarity. I did not know that you found out the day that, that you were pregnant, the same day that he actually... Um, you know, committed suicide. So. Yes.
1: And I appreciate that feedback for the TED talk. One of the reasons that I designed the talk in that way is because the story is very heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, there's no way around it. It's a very heavy story. And in a lot of cases, as soon as you say my husband took his life and I found out I was pregnant with my fourth child the same day, the person you're speaking to will go into their own form of victimhood.
0: Mm. So
1: the way that I designed that TED talk was where it'll hit the the heart where people will actually get the message and they'll they'll hear and understand the journey but also put their focus on the glory right mm-hmm. the, the victorhood. Yeah. And so everything I do in my life has always been very intentional but after the passing of my husband you know, It's important for me to share this story, but I need to make sure that I'm helping people focus on the right things. And the right thing is that no matter whatever the hell you go through in your life, you can always get through it, evolve, expand, grow, and be even stronger. But more importantly, you can impact others through your experience.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad. Yeah. And, and that's really, really good insight into the, the approach. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Not necessarily focusing on, like you said, the victim part, the victor, the fact that you are a victor and we are all, or can be victors in our, in our own Um, experiences is, is, like you said, the most important thing that we should be focusing on here. But I really wanted to honor and acknowledge the the different approach that you took, because I've watched many, 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 many TED Talks, and yours is very different in that way. So I, I appreciate that. Now, not only, you know, I think that it's, I started out really wanting to talk about who you are and what you do and the the basis for it. But I really would also like to take a little step back and find <laughs> out where you're from. Do you have any siblings? Um, anything that you'd like to share?
1: So I have a very interesting background, which I think contributes to my multifaceted, very paradoxical being, (laughs) honestly. So I was born in Las Vegas, believe it or not. And my the majority of my family born and raised in Las Vegas, our people came from, you know, Arkansas and Texas, but essentially Las Vegas is the hometown. Um, But I was raised in New York City. So my mom had me at 16 years old Mm -hmm. and her and my dad never married. They, you know, didn't end up together. So when I was about five years old, we moved to New York City. And New York City was something very different because we're not talking about Las Vegas that we know now. This was just a little podunk, you know, Las Vegas cowboy town, mm-hmm. not integrated. You know, it was very different in, the, in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, when I'm five years old, I go to New York City. I'm exposed to big city life, artistry, culture. Like it was just amazing, mind blowing for me. So it was there that I really, I think, embraced my artist, my creativity, singing, modeling, acting, doing all the things. And my family was also in the industry. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I auditioned twice to get into the fame school, LaGuardia High School for the Performing Arts. First time with singing, which I thought was my calling. Second time with drama. And I got in for drama. So I went through high school at LaGuardia uh, High School for the Performing Arts. I'm an only child, by the yeah. way.
0: Yeah.
1: And in my senior year, my mom falls into a depression and decides she wants to move back to Las Vegas uh, to be closer to family. Yeah. So those were a couple of the like big defining moments in my life that I believe shaped who I was honestly because of the artistry, but also just an early exposure to different sudden changes that kind of affected my entire world and learning to adjust and be flexible. And uh, I guess have that experience of recreation very early. So I almost consider myself like a master of recreation because so many different unexpected things have happened in my life that I've had to come back from very quickly. So that just gives you a little background.
0: No, Great. no, no, What you just described are two very big changes in your formative years. Very significant changes. Environmental yes. at five, and probably whatever else what you guys experienced, not only in the environmental change, you know, the ge- geographical change, but you know, maybe some of the things that you know happened with, you know, you know, just the sense of family, the sense of stability, you know, maybe uh, at five. And then, as you said, you're still in the formative years. I believe, I believe, around that time is still considered the formative years. You, you know, where you are you know, having to uh, deal with this change as well. That's very interesting. And of course, the very big change that you described earlier um, in the episode. So, you know, I really, first of all, appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, Now, I'm going to go back briefly to talk about the fact that you know, when this, when this happened, you were already an entrepreneur. So your Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial journey has, is it's before you started hosting the retreats. What were you, what was your, what were your businesses before? Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So this is so interesting. I just have always been a free spirit. I've been an independent thinker and I've been a leader since a very young age. Funny enough, I used to think I was a follower. I think maybe my followership ended in elementary school. (laughs) I was like, okay, I was it was very clear that I was different. People yeah. pointed that out all the time because I'm yeah. 6 feet tall, I've got green eyes, this, you know, brown skin. People don't know what to do with me. Yeah. Um so I actually started an entrepreneurship as early as late junior high school okay. when I when I got introduced to what is now known as network marketing. Mm. So I was introduced at a very early age to um, I can't remember the brand, mm-hmm. but it was a skincare line. And so my mom, my aunts, they were all models, singers, actresses. Avon.
0: All Is it Avon?
1: Uh, no, not Avon. It, okay. it was Arbonne, Arbonne. Arbonne, okay. okay. <laughs> so I was introduced to Arbonne at an early age and my, my aunt was like using it, but I didn't realize it was like a business, but that was my first exposure. And when I look back, there were actually several smaller like network marketing businesses that I didn't realize were network marketing businesses that then led to Uh, Massage therapy, esthetician work, made up makeup artistry, eventually opened my own salon spa. And what happened for me is that at a certain point, I got capped out on my income ability because it was trading time for money behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do where I'm still using these gifts? I'm, you know, I love nurturing people, pampering people, making them feel beautiful. And what I realized is a lot of people got in my, on my table or in my chair or for who I was mm-hmm. and how our interaction affected their lives yes. than the actual service itself. So that was when I kind of pivoted into coaching and speaking and sold my salon spa and actually uh, became a bigger part of my husband's business, which was a financial business at the time, for which I inherited after he passed away. Mm, So the foundation of this speaking of abundance, me being an abundance activator and strategist, is that I've always been like analytical, grounded, strategic, And and intentional and also very creative, spiritual and free spirited. Mm -hmm. And so these are two very different parts of ourselves that I I find people have a tendency to battle and feel like they have to choose. So my whole life journey has been integrating these two parts of myself, accepting it for myself, that it's all me and then figuring out how to package it and deliver in a way that makes sense. And that's where our upcoming book, Anatomy of Abundance, comes in because I created an anatomy of abundance framework that integrates the inner work and the guiding steps and principles that we need to be strategic and implement and take action to create all of the abundance we want in our lives.
0: And that's so interesting because, um, and I keep saying interesting because I really am, you know, I do find all of that intriguing. How about another word? It is. I find all of it really intriguing because, it's taken me years to really begin to understand the natural state of abundance. It take, and I, and I would say, I'm beginning to understand it because um, you're right. When you are thinking mostly in practical pragmatic, you know, this must be done. I'm tasked. I'm focused on task. but then you know that there's this other way that one must be that requires you to let go of all of those you know, task-oriented, really practical approaches, at least at least the way I see it, um, you know, that, that, you know, you're right, it does seem like they contradict, but in fact, you're saying you found a way to, mer- to, to merge the two, is that what you're saying? Wait, yes, okay.
1: 100%, I feel like our true state of being when we're living in abundance is integrated, mm-hmm. but society will have you choose, mm-hmm. right? You're either this or that, you're a free-spirited, spiritual, crazy hippie, yeah. Or you're a, you know, corporate, very focused, high performing entrepreneur or whatever it is, right? Yeah. yeah. But the truth is we're all both. And yeah. in order to be in perfect harmony, we really need to acknowledge, accept, embrace, and express both. Now, that doesn't mean we have to go monetize both, but there has to be some harmony within ourselves. We're all multifaceted creatures. And the more we deny parts of ourselves, the more miserable we become.
0: (laughs) She's preaching, y'all. She's preaching because I'm telling you, um, I, you know, that's, you know, I, I, you know, I I really want to, first of all, I think people need to, first of all, go get your book, which is going to be released on what day? Uh, So it
1: releases January 11th, 2024. Mm -hmm. And just while we're talking about it, uh, on January 11th, you're helping with our Amazon bestseller and international bestseller campaign. But I'm really encouraging everyone to grab a copy for themselves, friends, and family during the entire week Mm -hmm. of January 11th to the 17th, because we're doing something crazy, of course. I'd love to hear it. We are trying to organically hit the New York Times bestseller list, oh, wow. which is like unheard of without yeah. an agency or a traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. But I figured, hey, what the hell? It'll be fun. And worst case scenario, you know, we'll just impact a lot of people with our book. By the way, our book proceeds are not going to us, the authors, myself and the 15 co-authors that I invited mm-hmm. to be a part of the project. The uh, proceeds are actually going to an organization called Shine mm-hmm. S.D. They're here in San Diego. So they support uh, sex trafficking survivors Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. becoming entrepreneurs and actually taking control of their own lives and their own financial futures.
0: Yeah. Uh, huge. (laughs) I'm doing all of this. I'm doing all of this. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just so moved by what, what you're exploring um, in the book moved by the the fact that I'm in that space and also moved by the fact that you are going to be benefiting, you know, like you said, um, I don't want to use the word victims, but you know, people who've experienced, yeah. you know, child, child sex trafficking and then empowering them, um, um, by teaching them how to become not just entrepreneurs, but successful, you know, yes. st- you know, I,
1: I, those I, same skills yes. that they were forced to be who someone exploited and for their own good, their own gain and their own empowerment. So it's an incredible cause. And every, every person that I invited to be a part of my book, Mm -hmm. we have psychologists, we have naturopaths, we have neuroplasticians, neuroscientists, Mm -hmm. like this is a really juicy book. We have the spiritual and the higher laws incorporated. Mm -hmm as well as the foundational practical laws. And so I love it because it's spiritual and woo-woo, but it's also data-based,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, very grounded. So no matter what your personality or which side you're playing in most yes. right now, yes. something's going to resonate in this book. And hopefully we'll get you to kind of integrate a little bit more the side that maybe you haven't been playing in as much.
0: <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I'm going to get the book. And um, I do also want to note that this podcast will be published on the 11th. So I'm going to do, oh, wow. part. yes, I'm going to do, you know, what, you know, whatever we can do to make sure we get the word out about the book. Um, but when I say that I'm truly in that space um, it's because, you know, for much of my career, the corporate, you know, you know, do- and then now as a business owner, that has helped me in terms of executing. However, um, being in business, um, and I'm sure a lot of other entrepreneurs um, can ex- um, probably, you know, relate that you know there is a, a deeper self that you must dig into in order to feel continuously, <laughs> um, a, a continuously encouraged, continuously um, motivated, continuously, you know, um, proud and and confident and and grateful. All of those to me are uh, feelings that go beyond task, you know, completion. Um, and so if you also, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you know, there's just, um, you know, you also have to operate from a space of abundance and a space of understanding. And I'm using the term here that we, that money is goddess in action. Um, and I would love to, um, for you to explain why you say that money is goddess in action.
1: So for myself, because I'm very grounded in spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, everything for me is spiritual. Entrepreneurship is spiritual. Relationships are spiritual. Everything we do is spiritual. And money is People think of money just as paper exchange. It's not, it's a spiritual exchange. Mm -hmm. And so we want to treat ourselves impeccably as if we are the divine. That's one of the steps of the framework, sacred self-care. But part of sacred self-care is our mind, our body, our spirit, and our money. Yes. We want to treat money as if it is the divine as well. Now, because I speak mostly to women, of course I say it's goddess in action but money is not meant to be hoarded. Money is not meant to be praised or, you know, or like viciously sought after when you are fully aligned and in your purpose and, you know, in in playing in both your inner work and your practical implementation, then you attract the funds, right? So I am a generator of money and then I get to learn to be a good steward of money. And then I get to learn to be a great circulator of money. And a chapter in this book written by carolyn Botino, where she gives this wonderful example of how um and i don't know her terminology forgive me but basically she tells a story about like i go spend a hundred dollars at um the Wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm paying. A, oh, okay. I hire someone. I give them hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Then they go hire childcare, and then that person goes and takes that hundred bucks and gets their hair done. That right? So basically, just the the flow and the lifeline of money. That one chapter where it's very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a money empowerment person, and then I also have someone else who talks about the seven laws mm-hmm. of um, seven laws of money. So anyway, there's, it's very juicy. The book's extremely juicy, but there's all these examples, all of this data, all of this proof and different stories as well of why money is goddess in action. So we must keep it in action.
0: Yes. All right. Um, I got to take, I got to, I, I, I'm going to take a step back. So there are a couple of things that I want, I want to pick up on number one. So at the retreats that you host, for those of you who may be interested in her retreats, you know, uh, for, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Petrina, that there is um, an element of this work, this deeper work that you help on some or all of your retreats. So if you're interested in doing this work um, in real life, IRL, as they say, contact Petrina, and she can tell you more about what her retreat um, agenda um, uh, typically entails and what which one is the best fit for you. But one of the questions I have is, you know, What are some of the most memorable experiences you've seen participants experience as it relates to um, abundance and their change in the way that they see the world and see money and or just other ways that they've been transformed as a result of participating in your retreats?
1: So the thing about transformation work is Mm -hmm. that people think it has to take a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not like therapy where you have to be in therapy for years and years and years and years. The true transformation, because it's neurological, can happen just like that. Yes. Absolutely. When people come to our retreats, one, the transformation starts when they say yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Transformation continues when they invest. Yes. It continues when they go through everything they have to go through to rearrange their life to get there. Yes. 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 All the while trusting little old me to take care of them in another country, potentially that they've never been to before. Right. So all of these micro decisions are changing them. They're transforming them. They're resetting their belief systems and what they think is possible. And so then when they actually get into the container, this is a container where you don't have to worry about anything. Your schedule, how you're gonna eat, when you're gonna eat, where you're gonna go, how you're gonna get there. Literally, you get to wake up every single day and say, What do I want to do today? Not what I have to do, what not, not what I need to do, not you know. Who do I need to take care of? But it's all about us. Again, super transformational. And then to boot, we have an actual very intentional programming and flow of our retreats that by the end, everything's happened without them even knowing it, and they go back completely changed. Mm. One of the important aspects of the retreat is that I interview everyone. I don't let people just pay and come to my retreats. I'm very intentional about curating spaces, keeping them safe, really putting together the retreats in a way that is going to deliver whatever your intention is that you've had coming into the retreat. So we've had things like people who have been having trouble dating, wanting to attract their partner, people that have been having trouble getting pregnant, who within six to 10 months of the retreat get pregnant after like multiple miscarriages and all sorts of things, infertility. We've had people who were contemplating ending their life who left our retreat and within six to 10 months are now living in abundance, traveling, taking risks, just doing all of the things that they never thought that they were able to do. So Mm -hmm. those are just three examples um, of the transformation that happens at the retreat. I take credit for none of it other than I am an impeccable planner and curator. And I just attract a very high quality woman who's ready for change. So to me, that's the biggest prerequisite for my retreats is you just have to be ready, right, gotta frustrated enough to actually make some new decisions. And um, yeah, I love it. I mean, spirit works through me. I'm a catalyst. It doesn't matter if it's a retreat. I started doing luncheons, activate your abundance luncheons here in San Diego last year. And uh, those are going amazing. So any space that I curate is transformational. It just depends on how long or how intense of an
0: experience you want to have with me. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening, she's not a novice at this. Tell me really quickly, Katrina, uh, how long you've been doing this, and then I want to go back to the book because I think yeah. it's important that we, you know, are constantly thinking about how when we get our this book in our hands, how we can expect to. Um, change. I know that change happens over time and it's an individual experience, but how the knowledge can, can can impact us, but would love to find out how long you've been doing the retreats. So it's
1: funny. So retreats themselves in essence, the essence of what they are. I've been doing them since the nineties, because mm-hmm. when I was esthetician, massage therapist, I was always uh, self-employed. So I always rented room. I created my space. It was a whole experience. I wasn't like Pay for an hour, come in, get a massage. So- no, every appointment was three hours. I had limited uh, clientele that I would keep. They had to be on standing appointments, and it was a whole freaking experience, yeah. right? So it was like mini retreats. Mm-hmm. Then from there, when I got my own salon spa, I would do little mini retreat nights in the spa. Then when I moved to San Diego, I started doing retreats in this sense of the word, where I would do two to three times per year, sacred self-care retreats. And then that evolved into the pure abundance retreats where I said, you know what, now that I've got my system honed tight, like I know the power of what I do, how much more transformational would it be if someone actually has to travel out of the country? So. Yes. That's been a cool evolution. And, uh, this is my life's work. I eventually want to have a retreat center in Belize, which is where I started my retreats. That's my flagship. Um, and I'm just thrilled. That's going to be the legacy that I leave. I turned 50 this year, oh. first 50 years, yes. really honing my craft and getting clear on who I am and what I'm here to do. And the last 50 years of my life, cause I'll be here till at least a hundred. <laughs> is going to be really establishing that legacy.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, I want to go back to the book. Um <laughs> excited about the book. Now, um tell us where that book will be available. Your book will be available. Um where we can purchase it. Um mm-hmm. I so I'll let you go ahead and explain that.
1: So the easy button is you can go to go.patrinawisdom.com forward slash abundance, Mm -hmm. and I'll have all the links there. International, US, doesn't matter. We'll have all the links there. But you can also go to your favorite book platform, whether it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Uh, Goodreads. It doesn't matter to us. The difference is that obviously on January 11th, you'll want to purchase from Amazon. We'll have the Kindle version. So by the time this airs, there'll be a Kindle version for 99 cents. I believe that's going to be the pricing on that. And that's what will help us get to the Amazon and the international Amazon bestsellers list. We're gonna have paperback copies and hardcover copies available on all platforms. So for the remainder of that week till the 17th, you can go grab copies from wherever you want, and that'll help push us to the New York Times bestseller.
0: And do you have a pre-order process? Like um, so if we go to go is there a pre-order process that you know someone today, well, it's coming out on the 11th, Um, yeah. so I guess the pre-order wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't apply here, but um just just trying to see what we can do to get this in the yeah. hands. People so that
1: them. same URL right now, as we're filming, is yes. we subscribe for updates. So oh. if, if this is absolutely shareable now, and that will transition to the actual book purchasing um, page, it'll just shift probably a couple nights before. So, oh, okay, <laughs> but gosh. the key is we want all the book sales between the 11th and the 17th to try to, you know, drive that, that, secondary lofty goal of new york times bestseller
0: so. so for those of you that are listening on the 11th if you're listening on the 11th go to that website and definitely um get that book um, and i believe you were also saying purchase it through amazon to really be able to impact that goal that you have to really help you uh, achieve that goal um so i really really appreciate that now um I do remember you noting that you also were a yoga instructor. Uh-huh. Um, and this just goes to show that, you know, the work that you do with people, you know, it's, it's, it's three dimension. I don't know if dimension is the right word, but it's, it's spiritual, it's mental, also physical. And there's probably another, you know, uh, thing that we probably should consider here, but you are also a yoga instructor. You mind telling us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So the interesting thing about my yoga certification world, I've actually been double certified oh. in yoga. The first time I got certified in yoga, it was from, through my massage therapy. It was one of the continuing education credits. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it. And this was before yoga was super popular and trendy, right? And oh. I just fell in love with it. It was a portal for me to connect with myself and to connect with spirit. And then later, uh, when I wrote my first book, Motherhood's Not for Punks, a badass mom's guide to self mastery, mindful mothering, and having it all when you do it all. After I finished that book, released it, hit bestseller. For that book, I had done a crowd publishing campaign. So, like, I was done, I was tapped out, right? And um, spirit was like, go within. And so I ended up going back and doing a second yoga certification, but not to teach. I never did it to teach. I did it from my own evolution and my own healing and just getting regrounded, And uh, I've really only taught a few times, semi-private classes in my home and the first couple of retreats I led yoga myself. And I was like, you know what? I love it, but that's not how I want to. Yes, <laughs> leave then-
0: for these oh. retreats, yeah. And for and I, one of the reasons I brought that up, um, for those of you who are interested in her retreats as well, um, isn't yoga, and, and confirm this, isn't that also integrated into the retreat experience?
1: Oh, yeah. So in our retreat experience, we have spiritual practices, um, meditation, yoga. We have adventure. So there are definitely things like um, zip lining and, you know, cave tubing and different things like that. I'm always creating experiences to kind of push people's limits so that they can see that they can choose something else in a safe environment. Um, And yeah, so it's a whole culmination, depending on the attendees and what they're looking to get out of it. And it's carefully curated, but it's a whole,
0: we party too, like we have fun. It's not just one thing. It's like me, it's integrated. (laughs) No, even even as you're describing it, um, right, because again, like you said, it's spiritual. There's a physical, but well, yoga can be both, of course, spiritual, uh, you know, physical and of course mental, but it's all of those things. I didn't realize it also included adventure. And you're absolutely right. It's integrated. So you're not just going to woo-woo. Um, you know, and I say woo-woo, I completely agree. Um, I completely um, you know, understand. I don't know if understand is the right word, but um. I can appreciate everything that is done in terms of spiritual practices um, at a retreat. But also, as you said, the adventure, typically you don't have the two in the same event. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Well, these days you say retreat and it can mean so many things. So, usually, typically, retreat in the past was more so a meditation retreat, a yoga retreat, a silent retreat. It was strictly inward in the past. These days, when people say retreat nine times after 10, nine times out of 10, it's like a business retreat where it's going somewhere and they're in meetings all day long. And I'm like, yo, how is that different from what you're doing, except for you're in a different environment. So uh, what I wanted to create was something where we're not being talked to death. We're not in meetings all day, but we're also not in the, you know, kind of just the higher realm the entire time. I wanted to create something that would be, mirroring our real life. And I think that's where the transformation happens is because it's like we're testing out this new way of being while we're on retreat. And then we get to go back and implement that in our real world. So, and I prepare them for that before they go, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but we do some ceremonies and declarations and plans so that when they go back home, they can integrate seamlessly back into their world.
0: X, I th- I thank you so much. I'm so glad you provided that really deep dive of what to, you know, just a little bit of what to expect at uh, the retreats, the anatomy of abundance. No, nope. I want to make sure I got the pure abundance retreat. Um, And then of course, what we can then, you know, learn even more from, from the book, the anatomy of abundance. So I only have two more questions for you, Katrina. Sure. Again, really, really appreciate that you took the time out to share everything with our audience. Now, Tell me what you think an age has no limit life looks like. And you have already been living on a very limitless life. So I'm curious to hear what your answer is.
1: Yes, I grew up very fast. I grew up very fast. I moved out of my house when I was 16 years old. I've been, I think I left the country for the first time when I was 16 by myself. So, you know, I've lived a pretty full life and I don't believe that age is very valid because there are some people who. Mature faster. Um, you know, there's some kids who go to college at 13, 14 years old. So I don't believe we should be bound by age. Um, for myself, as long as I'm taking care of myself mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, I plan to live a long, long time. And so I think that society as a whole um, and familial ties, right, the 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 environment that we were raised in has a tendency to brainwash us and to limit the capacity of what we feel we can be, do, or have. And that's not abundance, that's scarcity. And there's so many deeply programmed, um, embedded beliefs that we have that a lot of us don't even know we have that are running our lives. Yes. So to me, age, I get better with age, like fine wine, because I give myself permission even more every year to be more of myself. Yes. to yes. be completely unleashed and unapologetic right? in The most loving way that I can. (laughs) But I think the older we get, the freer we're able to be because we're no longer bound by everyone else's expectations of us.
0: Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm going to make this the the last question. It wasn't what I had uh, intended initially, but you brought up something that I think is extremely important. And I really would love us to end on this note, but definitely also still revisit the book so that, you know, folks can know where they can learn so much sure. more, and of course benefit um, the organization that you've partnered with. You mentioned that, you described a kind of scarcity that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Sometimes when we think about abundance and scarcity, we think only in monetary terms, or right? thinking only in terms of currency abundance and scarcity, as I have begun to learn again, I'm at the beginning stage goes beyond that. So one of the things that I find that I do in my business is when there's a business opportunity that comes to me and I know I'm not the good fit, right? The right fit. I am confident and happy and um, cooperative enough to share it with another business owner that I believe is um, more suited. Right. And I don't, you know, if it turns out to be a $1 million, um, you know, engagement for this other person, fine. To me, that's a To me, at least, that's operating from a space of abundance because I feel so good about, number one, the other opportunities that might come my way, but also really feel good about sharing with others, understanding we're connected, understanding we're all in this space, sharing this this energy together. So to me, that's a part of shifting away from scarcity thinking. There are so many ways that abundance and scarcity can be represented. So thank you for you know giving that example of how scarcity can present itself in different ways. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to add to that, but you just brought up something that.
1: Yeah, um, I think that we have to remember. So one of my tattoos is the infinity symbol and it has love. And this is really important because we have to remember that energy ebbs and flows and it's meant to move. So that's our energy. That's our time. That's our love that's our money. Like it's boundless. It's endless. It's never ending. There's more than enough. So at any point in your life where you feel fear or where you start to retract or hold back, you're, you're, you're creating from a place of scarcity and the, the environment that you create from is what you're going to reproduce. And so whether it's relationship, Oh, I'm scared to lose this relationship. I'm afraid to be alone. I don't feel enough, whatever that is, that's Right. Yes. Where, whereas one of the things I've been able to develop, fortunately, at a very young age is such a strong sense of self yes. and my own worth, which was, it took a lot of work, honey, a lot of work. Yes. Um, but I am so grounded in my own worth that in my partnership, I give the space. Like, you know, you're either going to take the space and flourish or you're going to hang yourself with the rope. Right. Yes. <laughs> because I, none, not what you do does not reflect on me and my value and my worth. Yes. So I think that there's a lot of power in living in abundance, whether it's relationship, whether it's the finances business. One of the things I've pivoted to with my whole pure abundance movement is way more collaboration than I ever allowed myself in the past because that sneaky little scarcity bit had me still holding on. I have to be the one. If I don't do it, it's not gonna be done right. And it's my brand, right? Whereas now everything I do is collaborative. The retreats, I bring in facilitators and experts from different areas of life. This this book, 15 different expert co-authors contributing to this book. I create the space and then I put the right people in it. Magic happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next 50 years is all about collaboration and community and co-creation for me.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I think that we can all walk away from this episode just so much more, um, I would say open, mm-hmm. um, so much more informed about what abundance and scare, how, how abundance and scarcity play, um, show up in our lives. And I would also say, um, hopeful. Um, and, and, um, and that is of course, because you've taken some time to share your wisdom, your experience, um, and this wonderful energy with us. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you can, uh, one more time, tell people where they can get the book on January 11th and how they can, you know, and the fact that they should kind of do it between the 11th and the 17th. So if you can share that one more time.
1: So, uh, you can actually learn all about me—the book, the retreats, everything—at patrinawisdom.com. Our retreat website is pureabundanceretreat.com. So I keep things very simple, and I'm Patrina Wisdom on all social media platforms. So our book, Anatomy of Abundance: A Conscious Guide to Creating Prosperity in All Aspects of Life, comes out on January 11th. And January 11th to January 17th is the major time when we'd love for you to purchase the book, share the book, buy different formats of the book to help us reach Amazon bestseller, international bestseller, as well as New York Times bestseller. And, of course, benefit our incredible cause, Shine
0: SD. That's so perfect, perfect. Well, thank you, Patrina, for your time. Thank you for being a guest on the Age Has No Limit podcast. Um, and I thank you all for listening to the podcast. I'm sure you all will go check out all the different ways that you can connect with Patrina and of course purchase her book. And for those of you who um you know want to learn more, visit patrinawisdom.com. Remember, age has no limit.